Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at vlcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. Thank you for being here. My name is Jacob, and I'm also one of the pastors here. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart how thankful I am for you uh, showing up last week and, and all your support. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to my wife. And I know it meant a lot to my dad. And I pray that I continue to serve and pastor like my dad has served and pastored. And I pray that you would serve and be faithful and love me like you have served faithfully and loved my dad. I know I can't force that, but over time, maybe that will happen. And I just want to welcome all those watching and online. Can we, can we welcome our church family watching online? Come on. I want to take you back to January 9th of 2022. And we introduced the word for the year, and that word was available. And we were making ourselves as a church available to the ministry of God and to the ministering of people. And I pray that last year that word has maybe meant something new to you. That word has uh, maybe given you some new perspective on who you are and who God has called you to be. And, and here's the truth. God is in control, right? And God wants to use his people. I mean, just think, God in his perfect plan would decide to use a bunch of imperfect people. But he's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. And so, so are you making yourself available to God? And so now here we are, 2023, crazy to even say that. And we're sitting here thinking, man, what, what, what could we share? What kind of word? We've been praying a lot. And, you know, what, what do we talk about on this day? We talk about, we talk about growth. Do we talk about expansion or kind of who God has created me to be? Or do we say nothing and just kind of move on and keep things as they are and really have no focus? And I don't think you want to hear me talk about any expansion. And nor do I th think you want me to not say anything about anything. Right? Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people will not prosper. And so we begin to pray and, you know, we kind of went through our devotionals and through prayer time and through discussions with my dad and our team and, and through really what's going on this year about passing the baton. I couldn't think of a better word. And this, this is the word for 2023 for VLC, and that word is foundation. And I want to take you to a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and, and we'll be here for a bit so you can go there. I want to read one verse, and we'll break it down and not... We'll read more, but this is verse 10 out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is speaking, and he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a, what? A foundation. As an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Somebody say Foundation. Foundation, how could we not pick another word? Now, I want you to know that we're not establishing a new foundation. We're not, we're not saying we're going to be something new or, or here's what we're unveiling as a new VLC. That's not the case because you can't lay a foundation on a foundation. It doesn't make sense. In fact, the word foundation is the basis on which that supports or, or holds together. You know, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, I was putting away Christmas stuff in the attic, and I had this little paint ladder that should not even be considered a ladder. But you know what? I have this ladder, and, I'm, and I crawl up this thing like it's, it's nothing. And I get up there, and I'm, I'm holding on, putting the things to the attic, and then, shoot, out that ladder goes. 
and thank God that I was holding on to something because I grabbed something and my legs went on underneath me. Yeah, yeah, that ever happened to you? No, hopefully it's not happened to you. I know it's happened to Eddie, our student pastor, where you at, where he's got a story about him falling off like a two-story building, right, and a ladder, and thank God you're alive. A little, little different in the head, right? We think you're still here. So I felt, I, so I'm holding onto the side and I'm screaming. And I'm just waiting for somebody to come and see what happened. And I'm, I'm, so I start screaming again because I want my wife to see, like, I almost died. I know this is no joking matter because people have, you know, this hurt some people. But here I am hanging on this ladder out of my attic. I'm thinking, like, wow. And I just, I jumped down and I was, I was safe. But the structure, the support that I was standing on was, was not firm. It wasn't, wasn't a foundation that I should have been climbing. So my question for you is do you know what your foundation really is? Because if you don't, perhaps what you're building will not last. It will not last in your home, in your job, in your marriage, and wherever you go, it will not last if you have no idea what you are building on. So we're gonna talk about that. I've titled this message this morning, Build to Last, if you're taking notes, Build to Last. Let me pray one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for who you are. I just pray that you would open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts to see you in a new way, a fresh way. Some of us are hurting, some of us are broken. And I pray that your, your, your scripture would speak to us as it always does, challenges us, but it also rebukes and it corrects. But that's for training. And so would your scripture do that today? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Turn to the person next to you and tell them foundation. I want to discuss um, three things, and I, this will be very practical because I think this is going to help set us up for the year. It'll set you up for the year, and it'll set up our church up for the year. And I, I want to discuss three areas in regards to this word foundation that I believe will give us a better understanding as it pertains to our church and as, as it pertains to you. And I might move quick, and I'll do my best to give you some context, but we're going to be breaking down a lot of this for the entire year. So let me, let me kind of give you my hand, if, if I will. Not so you can hold it, but so I can tell you where we're going, okay? Three things, and, and here's, here's what I want to talk about, okay? Number one, we will honor that which has been previously laid. And I'm going to share a few things on that. Number two, we will recognize the foundation that has always been laid. That's important. That's, that's the most important. And three, we will help work to strengthen our foundation your foundation here in this church, and most importantly, at your home. So let's jump in. If you've got your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll stay here for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll move around. Number one, if you're taking notes, we will honor that which has been previously laid. You know, as grateful as we are for the present, we cannot forget to remember the past. As much as we're going to cheer on those who go ahead of us, we have to make sure that we are honoring those who are behind us and who have come before us. So let me take you back to 1998. How many of you were alive in 1998? You don't got to tell us how old you were, but 1998, all right? Um, 1998, my dad, Pastor Ron Bramos, became senior pastor of First Baptist of North Lauderdale, Okay. Now, to give you some context of what was going on in 1998, here's some interesting things that took place in 1998. Um, in 1998, the film Titanic became the first film to gross over $1 billion worldwide. In 1998, Google was founded by two students at Stanford University. 
Should we mention the, the Bill Clinton scandal in 1998? In 1998, Harrison Ford was named people's sexiest man alive. Some of you had no idea. Well, now you know. And most importantly, in 1998, most of the world came together to officially forbid human cloning. Come on, can we thank God that in 1998, as God was doing something forbidding human cloning, God was doing a work at First Baptist of North Lauderdale in 1998. Despite man's attempt to solve all of the world's issues, especially as it pertains to cloning themselves, God was doing something here in North Lauderdale, and it would be built and would still last for 25 years, because that's how long my dad was pastoring this church, for 25 years. If I can go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, let me read this scripture again. It says, by the grace that God has given me, Paul said, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else who would be us is building on it, but each one should build with care. Now, many would say that 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is talking about and describing the building of a Christian life, and sure, sure that pertains to it, but that's not the actual interpretation. The actual interpretation for this scripture is Paul's discussing building of the church, not just the church, but the local church here. And, you know, Paul was an apostle, so he would, he would plant churches and then he would establish or appoint an elder or a pastor or a bishop to oversee that church. And so he's talking to these pastors, these shepherds. He's saying, you've got to be careful how you build upon what I have already established. Now, the word here in the King James Version is to take heed. In the Greek, that word is blepo. Listen to this. That word means to see something physical with spiritual results. It's, it's carrying what is seen into the non-physical realm so that people can respond. And wouldn't you agree with me, church, that Victory Life Church has been a place that my dad has led a church that in our physical state we have thought kingdom-minded? We have had a kingdom perspective, right? Would you agree with me? That in our physical state, who we are physically, we have, we have helped you look beyond yourself to understand and recognize that there is a spiritual realm going on that we may not be able to see, but we know is there. We know that God is working in the supernatural, so we recognize that. And that's what Paul is saying. You've got to be careful. In fact, he goes on to share in verse 12 what happens if you're not careful. He says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stones or wood, hay or straw, it says their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to the light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. But notice verse 14, he says, if what has been built survives, then the builder will receive a what? A reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved, even though only one escaping through the flames. If what was established and built for the past 25 years was done out of selfish motives or wrong, wrong desires or a pursuit of making a name for somebody or a name for a church, then what you're sitting in today would probably not be here. Because that's what, that's what Paul is describing. He's saying, he's saying these, these churches that are consumed, which we know many, are consumed with growth, which isn't wrong, but if that's what leads you, if you're consumed with money, if you're consumed with building, if you're consumed with finances, if you're consumed with making a name for your, your church, 
then, then what's being established will not last. It reminds me of what Gamaliel said in the book of Acts when he was fending for, for Peter and the other apostles who were preaching the gospel and, and the, the officials were like, we gotta arrest these people. And Gamaliel steps up to the podium and he says, listen, if, if these people are speaking on something that they established from human origins, then it's not gonna last. But it's, if it's of God, then good luck. Because what is of God is going to remain, amen? And it's going to stay. And there's nothing that you can do about it. No enemy, no, no governing, no, nothing, no authority can ruin what God has established with his church. That's what, that's what Gamaliel is saying here. And, and, and VOC stands because of the right materials that were used to build. What, what materials is Paul talking about? Because he said don't use gold or silver or, or anything costly or wood or hay. No, but he's talking about the doctrines of the word of God. Many would agree. He's saying if you could build a church... Listen, many of you know this. You have built your family on this book, and your family is still standing. Man, it has some downs for sure. There's been some prodigal children returning, but if you build it on this, you know at least it'll be standing. And so the church has been standing because of the materials that it's used, because we haven't allowed culture to dictate what we say. We haven't allowed culture to dictate what we believe or how we preach or how long we can close our church. We haven't been relying on the wisdom of man, but we have been relying on the wisdom of God. And that's why we're still here. But here's the truth. You know, we will honor, and Dad, I will honor you. You know that. But we got to go, we got to go back a little bit further, okay? Let me give you a little history. You got to go back all the way to 1962. And no, I won't ask if anybody was alive in 1962. In 1962, a church called Riverland Baptist Church would plant First Baptist of North Lauderdale. And for two decades, the church would minister around the Oakland Park area until they decided that it was best for them to move to more of a residential area in North Lauderdale. And there was a pastor by the name of George T. Smith who was called upon to be the pastor of the church at the time and called to help lead that church into the new residential area. And in 1985, they built... I don't know if you know, you've heard my dad talk about this, but that building, that dome building, right, Willie, you know what I'm talking about. We've seen it. That dome building that my dad would eventually become the lead pastor in, but only for a few days because the church, the church would burn down a few days after he became the senior pastor. Now, I thank God that it's been a week and this church has not burnt down. So, so thank you and thank God. It was in 1985 that that church moved to North Lauderdale and built that building. And so although my dad has been pastoring this church for 25 years, there was, there was what we would say a, a kind of a, a rebirth, uh, a, a relocation. It was kind of like a, a, a mission to, to move the church to a new area in plantation. And that's been 15 years that we've been here in, 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 in plantation. But the foundation was established 61 years ago. Man, the church has gone through some buildings. It's gone through some locations. And now it's gone through some pastors but it has never closed its doors. Come on, isn't that incredible? Wow. So next year, January 21st of 2024, I know, I just, I just bypassed all of this year. We're moving to January 21st, 2024. We will hold an anniversary service, and it'll be 16 years of serving here in Plantation. 
16 years, but we will recognize and we will honor the 62 years of establishment here in God's faithfulness here at Victory Life Church. Dad, you've done an incredible job, and we're going to honor you, and we're going to honor where you've come from and what you've honored, and so will I. Let me me give you the second one. We will recognize the foundation that has always been here. So let me give you some context to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because Paul is addressing some division in the church. And here's what's happening, right? You, you have, you know, Jesus is gone. And so now you've got some of his apostles. Now you've got some evangelists. And people are preaching. And, and, and people are excited to hear Paul. There's a guy named Apollos who's an evangelist. They're excited to hear Apollos. You have now some probably still following Peter and his teachings. And Paul's like, what are you doing? Why are you for me? Or why are you for this person? Or why are you for this individual? You, you've missed the bigger picture. There's quarreling going on. I mean, I just imagine if some of you were like, man, we just, we love when you teach Jacob, but we really love when your dad teaches. So let us know when he's teaching next, because then I'll show up for that. Could you just imagine? Or some of you, some of you men who sit in the, in, in the men's class in the morning, you hear Bob teach, and Bob, and you do a phenomenal job. And by the way, Bob, I didn't get to, to say thank you for those, those kind words that you said last Sunday. I appreciate that. You've meant a lot to me, and you're full of wisdom and I, I, that means so much. And I pray to continue to learn from you. But, Bob, you do an amazing job teaching that class. Could you imagine some of you men were like, man, we just show up for Bob's class. We don't even sit in service because, man, they don't know how to teach. Bob knows how to teach. And this is what's happening. Look at verse 1. Paul says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly. You're, you're mere infants in Christ. He's calling them babies. He said, I gave you milk, not solid food. Because you were not ready for it. Indeed, again, Paul's talking about when he established this. And now he's having to go back and he says, you're still not. You're still not ready for the solid food. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, well, I follow Paul. And the other says, well, I follow Apollos. Are you not human beings? What after all is Apollos? What after all is Paul, through whom you came to believe, we are just servants, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. In other words, it's like one writer said, um, what's the use of fighting? The greater of two nothings? That's essentially what the people are doing. He goes on to say this in verse 6, and if you have a pen, underline this if you have a Bible. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. Come on, but God made it grow. That's all that matters. Maybe it was your mom that led you to the Lord. Maybe it was your dad. Maybe you receive encouragement here every single Sunday. Maybe you have some scholar that, or theologian that you like to listen to throughout the week to, to receive like, you know, you're, you're a stronger foundation in the doctrinal truths of God's word. But don't put your faith in all those teachers Don't put your faith in all those preachers or your favorite ones. We're just laborers. God is the Lord of the harvest. God gives the increase. Amen? God gives the increase. He is the source of growth. Know who you are putting your faith in. Because my dad may have failed you. I may fail you. Even Bob may fail you. But God will never fail you. Know who you put your source in. And this is what he says. He says, He says, it's neither the one who plants nor the one who waters. We're nothing. We're we're just the servants. We're just the vessels. 
Hey, maybe I'm not here 25 years. Maybe somebody else takes this place. We're just a servant. You're just a servant. But God is everything. And that's who you follow. That's who you build your life upon. And and look look at verse 7. It goes on. Neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. And notice verse 11. And and here's, here's like the key verse for this year. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know, it was in 2021, right, Cheryl? That was the Keys trip, 2021. You know, I married into a family that loves the Keys and loves the boats. And I grew up, like, living on the beach, sunbathing. And now I'm, on the, I'm in the water. Now I'm spearfishing. Now I'm fishing. And now I'm, you know, swimming around sharks. I'm like, what did I marry into? Um, but a couple years ago, we were out in the water, and we were taking this boat. We had a couple boats, and we were probably about 45 minutes away from where we were at. We were staying in Big Pine Key. And there was this little, this little, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, a little canal place that we were getting to that looked really cool. We were like, man, we got we to gotta dock out there and hang out in the, in, in the sandbar. And so we just kind of pull the boat out, anchor it out. We're just floating. And can I ask you, what is the foundation that a boat sits on? Water. Yeah, water. What happens when that water goes away? Because here's what you have to know about the water, is especially if you're in the Keys. How many of you have been to the Keys? You know, there's not a lot of depth in the keys. I mean, you could pretty much walk around most of the keys. But we got this big cat boat, and here we are. And we're making our way through this little, this little canal trying to get to this spot. I mean, we're enjoying it, and it's great. But you have to know something about the keys. There is a high tide, and then there is a low tide. Now, we were in a new place, so we didn't really know what was going on. But we knew when the low tide was coming. Now, we did not know that the way that we got in was the only way out. And as the low tide started to show up, we noticed boats leaving left and right. And then one boat comes by and says, hey, you, gotta, you guys got to get out of here soon because you're going to be stuck. And we're like, we've been coming down here. My wife's family been coming down there for 20-something years. We've never been stuck. <laughs> as soon as you think you know it all, you learn that you don't know it all. And uh, sure enough. We get everybody on that boat, and we start going as as best as we can, as slow as we can. And we notice that there is a little bit of water, but we think we can make it. And so we start, we get everybody off on the boat, so the boat kind of lifts up, and then we start pushing the boats. And there we were, stuck. The foundation that we were sitting on was gone, and the foundation that always was, was there. Now, that was an unfortunate circumstance for us. But, it's, it, but it, it greatly applies to this because so many of us are trying to build something on something that will not last. And it, it, it may come, it may go. And that's okay. Money will come, money will go. Your home will come, your home will go. Right? Your stock market that you think is all great, it may plummet one day. But as long as you know what is really underneath the foundation that has always been there, then you can remain standing. I have a Sean, throw up that picture. This is, this is us stuck here. And there I am in the orange hat just looking at the other boat that's stuck, laughing at them. Wait, no, that was also our family as well. So we were, in laugh, we were laughing at each other. We were stuck there for how many hours? I think it was like four to five hours we were stuck. Limited water supply. Babies screaming. We didn't have a lot of food. We were trying to catch fish to then eat fish. And we, were, and we weren't just like ten minutes away. We were out in the middle of nowhere about an hour away. You have to know what is beneath the foundation 
that you are standing on. Listen, write this down if you're taking notes. There is only one foundation for the church, and it's Jesus Christ. When everything washes away, when pastors move on, when styles change, when methods get old, when taxes need updating, underneath what God has established is his son. And that always will be. Has to be. Whether you like it or not. It is the way. Jesus told Peter, on this rock, on me, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. What I am standing on, what we are standing on isn't anything new, but it's a foundation that was laid all those years ago that hasn't changed, that isn't changing, and that will not change. Amen? Now let's get practical. Let me go to that third one. And again, some of these things that we're going to be breaking down for quite some time, walking through some uh, series of messages that we, my dad and I put together to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper and what this looks like for you personally, what this looks like for your family, what this looks like for you being here, a, a member of, of VLC. This is the third one. If you're taking notes, we will help work to strengthen our foundation at home and at church. Go to Luke chapter 6. Jesus is wrapping up the Sermon on the Plain, as Luke describes it, and he concludes with these words in verse 46, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? In other words, why do you show up to church, read the scriptures, sing the songs, but yet you're not walking in obedience? You're not putting into practice what you're saying and what you're singing. He said, I will show you what he is like who comes to me, hears my words, and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on what? On rock. That when the flood came, the torrent struck, and the house could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Since we are all builders and God has called us to build, here's the question. Assuming that we know what we're laying, what we're building on, and that is the rock, what kind of a foundation are you laying? What kind of foundation am I laying? Because the foundation we lay will determine the fruit that you produce. The foundation that you lay will determine the kind of faith that you have. Now, Jacob, you just said we're not laying another foundation. Well, no, Paul was describing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 a foundation of, of his church, and that has already been laid. Jesus is talking about a house. And he's saying if, if you don't know how to lay a foundation on your house, then nothing else is going to stand. Then the fruit that you produce won't be much. The faith that you have won't be great. You have to make sure that you know, that I know, that I am building something on Christ. Because if I'm not, then what I'm building will not last. In fact, I was with somebody the other day. Me and Rita were talking 
Rita's a part of our church, and Rita was sharing with me. She's like, this kind of made sense to me as we were talking about this word. She's like, because I've always heard that you can't really give anything in the church if you don't have your house in order. How can you show up and be excited, meanwhile, you're not wanted at home? How can you serve in kids' ministry and love these kids and sit with them and play with them when you can't do that at your own house? Sure, you can fake it, but that faking it isn't going to last. And it's going to be called out and it's going to be seen. So it's important for us to know that what I'm building at home is so important. My dad has said this all the time. I don't want you here at this church 24-7 building something for me while neglecting your family at home. We're asking you to show up to a prayer service. We do this six times a year. Two 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we don't think that's, that's much. But we understand if you've got games, if you've got things you've got to be at, we understand. So that's why it's not mandatory. We tell people it's recommendatory, okay? But, but for you, but you got things going on, and that's okay. If I'm like, hey, I need you here on Sunday to serve me, and you're like, Jacob, man, I've I got to be with my wife right now. I've got to help them. And if I were to say to you, that's unacceptable. The house of the Lord comes first. I give you permission to rebuke me. And tell me to my face that my family comes first. And I've got to be there. And I've got to serve them. And I've got to take. Now, I'm not saying, you know, get all that right. That's not what I'm saying. Make sure your house is perfectly in order because, man, that's never going to be the case. I'm just saying make sure you're ministering there before you can start ministering here. And so that's why I tell you it's important first to make sure that we are laying a foundation. Now, what is this foundation? Write this down. Our foundation is doing what Jesus commanded. That's it. Doing what Jesus commanded is our foundation. Man, what do I use to build it? Where do I start? Obey his commands. Yeah, but what kind of tools do I need? You got it right here. This is the only tool you need. Yeah, but who do, who do I talk to? Listen to the people that are talking in here. Yeah, but I, but I got to do something. This is all you need. This is what you build it on. This is how you build the foundation on your home right here. Obeying this thing. Not just reading it. Not just putting it on your, your nightstand, but actually diving into it, doing what Jesus commanded is our foundation. And if not, then all your, you know, I will God will turn into, I, I will one day God, and that will turn into, I forgot God, and then that will turn into God saying, well, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know who you were. You said you knew who I was, but I didn't know who you were. That's what the scripture says. Doing what he commanded. Listen, it's easy to profess it on Sundays, but it's challenging to live it out every other day, and here's why. I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. The writer says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promises is faithful. Let us hold on to that. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Doing what Jesus said is building that foundation. That is our foundation. But doing it with and for others makes it all worth it. Right? It makes it all worth it. Are you living for something bigger than yourself? Or are you living for yourself? Is this life all about you? Have you considered how you may spur one another on? Have you considered how you may show love towards other people? Or have you considered that this is really all about you? 
And in fact, because it's all about you, you have forsaken meeting with people. You have forsaken uh, joining in communion with people because it's really all about you. And God, that's okay because I can build it way better. Now, we've heard it said, you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And so there's two things that I want to end on as the team comes up. I want to talk about just two things and kind of practical speaking that we believe is going to help you in your journey. I mean, it's so important for us as pastors, as shepherds, to make sure that your, your soul is being taken care of, right? This may be the only place that you walk into. This may be the only building that you walk into where there are people, not just us, but there are people who are concerned about your soul, right? You go anywhere else, they're more concerned about your money. They're, they're more concerned about you, your body. They're more concerned about, you know, how you want to feel, how you want to look. They're more concerned about what they can take from you. Those places are life-sucking. And, and you go in there and you, you feel worse than you came out. I mean, sure, you got something, but that what you got is only going to be temporary. But what you get when you show up here or when you show up to any church or when you show up to a, a small group or a, a, another day, you, you receive something. And that is the nurture and the care for your soul. And that is really our heart. Our goal isn't to fill up this room every Sunday. Our goal is to fill up your soul. Our goal isn't to fill up these seats. Our goal isn't to grow bigger. Our goal is to grow deeper into your soul. So that when you are at the end of your life, many, many years from now, you're still standing. Not because of what you built or what you established. Not even because of the church you were part of. Man, God, didn't you know I was part of this church? I was part of FBC. I was part of... God says, no, I, those are great and those are necessary, but you are part of me. That's what matters most. And so there are two areas that, that I just want to briefly share. My dad already mentioned one of them, and that is small groups. And I don't know if like, that word scares you a little bit, but um, it did for me at one point. I'm like, ugh, I got to get into like an intimate setting and confess all my deep, dark secrets. No, that's not what we're asking you to do. We say it all the time. You can be inspired in rows, but you grow in the context of relationships. And so we want to heavily, uh, heavily emphasize small groups. We're going to launch them next month. And some of them are the same ones that have been going on. Some of them are new ones. But would you consider joining one? Because, I mean, that's how you grow. That's how you build relationships. That's how you can confess your sin. I mean, just think if, if I said, hey, does anybody have any uh, sin they want to confess? Would you just stand to your feet and just raise your hand and just shout it out loud? I don't think anybody would stand. But if you're in a smaller setting, you know, James says, confess your sins so that you may find healing. Some of you have not been healed because you have not been in a context to confess your sin. Well, I got my wife. I confess my sin to my wife. Well, that, that's good and that's necessary. And I do that. And that hurts. But I'll tell you what, it's increased our love so much more. Imagine you in a group setting where you've got people who can pray for you, who can love on you, who are here for you, where needs can be met. I'll never forget, I heard a pastor say one time, he was the pastor of all the small groups, and he, and he heard about somebody sick in the hospital. And this was before, like, we had um, cell phones and everybody's contacts. And so he ran to the church to get the directory. You know, he opened up the book, trying to look for so-and-so's name to find out where they live so he can go to their house and pray for the people who were there and find out where hospital he was in. And so he goes and he finds out all the information and he bolts to the house as soon as he can and he gets there. 
And the small group leader is there. And, and the small group leader answers the door and said, hey, pastor, you're good. We got this. We got this. And the whole small group was around this family praying for this family. And then they were headed to the hospital to pray for the person in the hospital. Come on, that is doing the work of the ministry. That is allowing you to be a part of what God is doing. I mean, think you could call me, you could call my dad, you could knock at our door, but we may not be here. But you have a group that can be. So we want to pray that, and I ask that you consider, hey, what, what kind of small group that's life-given can I be a part of? And the second thing is going to be new to you, and that is called growth track. Growth track. Now, our hope here is really simple, and it's not to put you through some, some class so you can work for us better. That's, that's not it. Maybe you've been to church your whole life and you've heard of these types of things, classes, membership classes, growth track. Really, our hope and our goal is to help you find out who God has called and wired you to be. Listen, as a church, we want people to know who God is, right? We want them to know who God is. I mean, that's what God has called us to do. My dad said it, to preach and teach, baptize people. They got to know who God is. But secondly, we find out that when they know God, and some of you know this to be true, you start to be freed of the things that you once were. And so we want to help people find freedom. Find freedom from the sin that's been, that's been bondaging them for so long. Find freedom from the pain and the hurt and the turmoil that they've been experiencing. And then once you can find freedom, you start to discover who God has called you to be and you find out your purpose in life. Some of you, it's been 40 years and you still have no idea what you're doing. Some of you are in your, in your early 20s asking, God, what are you calling me to do? And so we want to help you discover who that is, who God has wired you to be through a series of, we do a couple tests and, you know, put some things on your head and we, you know, things on your heart. I'm just kidding, I'm going to do that. It sounds weird. Uh, we could do that and that might work better, but we just help you discover who God has wired you to be and called you to be. And then and here's the best part. You start making a difference. How, how many of you would like to make a difference? Not for your name's sake, but for God's sake. How cool would that be? I always think about this. When I get into heaven, I'd love to be there and turn around and see all the people that I brought with me. I don't know. Maybe there's a few. Maybe it's just my wife and my kids. Well, I didn't bring my wife to Christ. She was saved before I met her. But who knows? Who knows who I'll bring? Who knows who you'll bring? I'd hate to go up there and Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, Jacob. And then for him to say, hey, where's all... Where's your family? Where's your coworkers? God, I was, I was too busy. Or I didn't have any purpose, God. I didn't know what you wanted me to do. So we want to help you do that. That's actually going to start in March. And it's going to be a, a two-week thing, kind of like a step one, step, step two type of thing. And it's going to be every month we're going to do that and kind of facilitate that. We'll give you more information. I think we're going to invite you all to go through it because we're going to dive a little bit deeper into our history. We're going to dive deeper into what we believe. Some of you have no idea what we believe. You know, you can go on our website. And, and hit like about and type in what we believe and you can find all the doctrinal truths that we believe. Some of you were like, hey, I had no idea. I didn't think you guys believed in anything. Well, we believe in a lot of things and it's there on our websites. Again, all this is to help us build a greater foundation. That's what the purpose of this, this is, is to help you build a foundation that God has called you, know, you to build. We're not asking you to join arms and help us build this church. We're asking you to help build his church, amen. Would you stand to your feet? I want to uh, share just one last thing. Um, this is a November 20th. Again, I'm giving you some dates, and maybe this is a unique message today, but I'm, I'm laying the foundation, okay? I'm laying the foundation for 2023. But back in November 20th, we gave you our new mission statement, which really isn't that new. It just kind of be tweaked, and you'll see it every single time you walk in, and that is that we exist 
to help people live the way that God has intended for them to live everywhere and every day. Somebody say everywhere, every day, everywhere and some days. No, no, not supposed to repeat that. Come on. We're going to break this down more, but let me just kind of give you the idea. We want to help. And how we do that is through Sundays, through small groups, through serve teams, through something like growth track, soon mission opportunities overseas. Come on, somebody. We got people over there that need Jesus too. Let's go. I know it's been a heart of ours and that's what we want. We'd love to be a part of that too. We want to help you live. And you know, I hear that word live and I think about like people saying, and I just, I live for food or I, I live for drama. And some of you, that's just your middle name. I live for drama. I'm not saying you cause drama, but you like being a part of it. But that statement isn't true because you're not always eating and you certainly aren't always in the middle of drama. So when we say that we want you to live the way that God has intended for you to live, we're talking about a, listen, we're talking about a lifetime of submission and obedience. A lifetime. Not just moments, not just spurts, not just here and there, not just Sundays, but every day. Every day. That's, that's what we want to do, is to help you live in such a way that you are walking in obedience for the rest of your days. Now, I'm not putting all that responsibility on me or my dad. That's not what we're saying. Like, we are not responsible to make sure that you enter the gates of heaven. We are responsible for you being in this place, teaching you the word of God. That's what we are responsible for. But certainly, we want to go above and beyond to help you to make sure that as we walk into heaven, man, you're right there with us. That the person sitting next to you is right there with you. That that person sitting behind you that you didn't really like is, is with you as well. That's what we're here for. We want to help you live the way. When I say way, I'm just talking about how God has instructed us to live in, through his word. We know his church will stand the test of time, but the question is, will you? Will you? Will you be standing? When everything around you starts to shake, when everything around you starts to move, when everything around you starts to get challenging and difficult and who you thought you were isn't really who you are now and the people that you thought were around you aren't really around you anymore, the job that you had is now gone, the family that you had is now gone, the home that you had is now gone, where are you still standing? Because if you know that you are standing on Christ, the firm foundation, then you better believe that you're still gonna be standing no matter what comes. No matter what unimaginable things happen to you. Look at the book of Job. No matter what happens, no matter what God gives, and no matter what God takes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we could come into this place and bring our baggage and bring our burdens. That's what you said. All you who are weary and heavy laden, bring them to the feet of Jesus. And so when rains come, when the winds show up, God, I can be confident that I can remain, not because of how I'm positioned, not because of what I'm, what I'm, or how I'm standing, but because of what I am holding on to, and that is you. That is you, Father. Help us to have a better grip of your hands. You got us, we know that. You got us, Jesus. Help us to build, not built, because we will never be done, but help us to build. Thank you, Father. Lord, my house is built on you. This house is built on you. Come on, just tell them, my house will be built on you. Come on, tell them, my house will be built on you. My house, everything that I am, 
is going to be built on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Come on, would you sing this? Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.